On the evening of February 2nd, 1970, the King's Daughters Trio were practicing our songs for the next morning's open chapel. As we ended the prayer, there was a sense of electricity in the air. We looked at each other and said, something's going to happen tomorrow morning. God's going to show up. The next morning, we could still feel that electricity in the air as we anticipated the advent of the spirits coming into chapel. To this day, if I meet someone who was there, we just look at each other and stand silently, usually with a tear. I am honored to have experienced standing on holy ground. Everybody, welcome to the These Days podcast. Hello, here we are. It's Dr. Dwayne Tissell um, and yeah. and Ben, who is not a doctor <laughs> of any kind. Although I've played a doctor once, yeah. I played a doctor once. Ben, um, Beniac the Brainiac. I don't like that either. No. That's a bad. That's a terrible nickname. <laughs> we'll keep working on it. Well, t- call me Doctor. Then we are delighted. Well, you are. You well, are. I know. <laughs> we are delighted <laughs> to be here in the uh, these days studios in the spare room on this uh, wonderful February day, bringing mm-hmm. you another exciting episode. And this one yes. is very timely. Absolutely. But before we get into it, yeah. um, let me just remind everybody that uh, we would love to have you join us on Instagram at we'll be going now. That is our our handle at we'll be going now. No apostrophe. No, no apostrophe. And uh, you can also support us on Patreon and help us um, continue to expand this podcast to more and more listeners. In fact, yeah. speaking of more and more listeners, yeah. uh, we are slowly growing our listener base, but we need all the help we can get. So, yes. so please continue to share, uh, send these, this podcast to your friends, your family, your enemies, mm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and and perhaps even. Uh, you you will see that your enemies become your friends. Yeah, the sort of way of like Jesus said, love your enemies, right? I mean, yeah. they'll either hate it or they'll yeah. Do do un, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, send them the, the greatest podcast this side yes. of the Mississippi. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. with all that said, <laughs> I think let's get into today's well, episode. That's a high bar, Ben. Um, yeah, you better make it good. Yeah, man. I know. Well, today we're going to talk about something again that we'll we'll tell you why there's a real life con- real time connection to it right now a little later. But we're going to talk about the 1970 Asbury College revival, and that's what that quote was from from a uh, woman by the name of Lynette Gibson, uh, who was uh, graduated in '72. And uh, it, ha- it happened in 1970, at, 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 and, and uh, Asbury was in, and still is, in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky. Uh, there's a co- there's a, a university there today. It's, it was a college back then. And then across the street, uh, there is the Asbury Seminary, uh, you know, uh, pastoral graduate school sort of deal. And um, 1970, quite frankly, was a tough, tough year. I actually remember it, Ben. I mean, I was only in junior high. 
But it was a rough year. Uh, Kent State happened then, the massacre wow. on May 4th. Uh, Vietnam spread into Cambodia, and the protests just went nuts. Um, and, uh, you know, there were, there were actually, we, we think we have problems today, domestic terrorist-wise. There were 15 domestic uh, terrorist kidnappings and one assassination, uh, terrorist events in the U.S. Wow. that year. And uh, the 1970s was sort of the advent of that. Um, and uh, six people died in riots. It's just a, a rugged thing. And on top of all that, to go from the uh, serious to not so serious, the Beatles broke up. Oh, man. So culture was going falling apart, too, is the point of that. Wow. But uh, some students um, had been gathering to pray for revival at Asbury, and then all of a sudden, on February 3rd, 1970, it broke out. The dean of the college was scheduled to speak uh, to the student body at chapel that day, and instead he shared his testimony about how he came to faith, and then he opened the floor for other people to share their testimony, and there was this mass of people that came up to the microphone, and uh, near the end of the normal chapel, the students um, uh, were invited to front for prayer, and another mass of people came forward uh, to kneel and, and to pray, and it, they didn't leave. It went on for 185 hours. Wow. And uh, they met in the chapel to pray, to sing, to testify, and they actually closed classes for a week. And it's interesting because the summer of 1970, 130 by the summer, this so this was in February, but by the summer, 130 colleges, seminaries, and Bible schools across the U.S. were touched by this. Wow! I remember hearing about that when I was at Wheaton eight years later in in 78, that something like that had happened, and. Uh, just to sort of give you the feel for what was happening and what the eyewitnesses accounts, because on the podcast we always like to get as close to the eyewitnesses as we possibly can. Let me read you a few quotes of people who were there, and um, I'll tell you later how you can find these things. But um, here's one. It says, We saw God at work wherever we went. The thing that affected me was the honesty, truth, and openness of everyone because we were in a holy place. Truth and righteousness were supreme. It was wonderful that we, our, my entire family was there and experienced a revive, the revival together for those few days before my parents went back home to Michigan. God's presence was so near. That's Linda 6, uh, 72. Here's a, a guy by the name of Tim, Timothy Walls, uh, 73. Loud shouts of praise erupted from the audience. It was a watershed moment at which I believe the Holy Spirit fell on us all, filling that holy place. It was exhilarating and astounding. I couldn't sleep for three days and nights. Wow. I only left Hugh's Chapel to eat, shower, and change clothes all those days. Um, it was just so exciting, or so it was just too exciting to miss anything. The praying, the singing, the praises, and just experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So, I mean, there was something genuine that happened there. Um, the students and the faculty and the townspeople uh, would come to visit. People started coming from all over the U.S. just to go see this thing. And uh, they, uh, the students asked forgiveness. They forgave each other. They embraced. Uh, they counseled together. They quoted scripture. They, again, said, shared their testimonies. Uh but it just seemed like a natural and normal thing. It wasn't like, okay, somebody's pushing this thing or somebody's trying to bring it on, is, is what the student testimonies say. And during the six days of the revival, uh, they, they called it, um, 
delegations of students from 59 colleges and churches um, came. Wow. 16 states. And they, they uh, this must be like early social media, Ben. They had a shortwave radio uh, <laughs> pod, or sort of not podcast. They had a shortwave radio broadcast that was, it was uh, they called it College Prayer Net. Wow. <laughs> and uh, they asked, uh, or they linked Asbury's daily um, with, uh, with 16 colleges from Wenham, Massachusetts, which is outside of uh, Boston. It's where uh, Gordon Conwell is today. And all the way to the opposite extreme of the country to Azusa. Wow. Azusa Pacific. And uh, so anyway, Asbury, uh, so it's, it's spread from Asbury. And one of the professors at Asbury at the time was a guy named Robert Coleman. Uh, I remember I went to a seminar that he led uh, in Portland, actually. Wow. Uh, he had a famous book in the 60s and early 70s that would, it was, you know, massive in Christian circles. It's called the Master Plan for Evangelism, mm -hmm. and he he uh, was just basically talking about how Jesus shared the good news, and um, a very powerful book. A lot of people, most of the like uh, Campus Crusade, which is now Crew, most of those uh, parachurch organizations use that as their sort of training manual. But anyway, he was uh, on staff at Asbury, and he wrote a book about this moment uh, called One Divine Moment, that also was a bestseller. Um, Southern Baptist University or Seminary, uh, it swept to there. Uh, it swept as far away as Saskatchewan, uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So it left the country. Yep. It went international. Border. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what's interesting, though, about that uh, renewal, and this is where we're going to break some new ground in the podcast, I think, Ben. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't isolated to just those schools or just uh, Asbury. Uh, the Southern Baptists said in their churches they recorded more baptisms between 71 and 75, which were days of malaise in the U.S. Later on, Jimmy Carter would call that out. But those were, those were pretty harrowing days after the 60s and the war was raging. Um, but they had a record number of baptisms, more baptisms in that period of four years than they've ever had since in any time in history. Wow. So, And, uh, you know, in the West Coast... There were beach churches and the countercultural conversions, and the hippies were becoming Christians. And Did you know there's a movie about that now? There's no. From the, from the people who made The Chosen, there's like oh, a, yeah. a movie about the the Jesus really people movement and the beach churches. Oh, that'd stuff. be yeah. cool. That'd be that'd take me back. Not that I was on the beach. I have a friend who was. Yeah, I just imagine yeah. you with a long beard yeah. and long hair. Yeah, You're like Jesus yeah. is the way, man. Yeah. You don't remember your grandparents very well, do you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it. Uh, it went all the way to New York, to Chicago. Uh, Res Band, the Jesus People USA. Uh, your Res Band was a big metal band, a Christian metal band. But think about, you know, early Christian rock was some of it was good, some of it was not so good. Uh, but these guys are like really good musicians. But they were they were pushing the edge because they had this, um, you know, heavy guitar uh, sort of stuff. And they were they they went uh, across the country every. Christian kid knew about Res Band. It was Resur Resurrection Band. They called them for short. It was Res Band, but that that group, the Jesus People USA, is still in Chicago. So they're still residing there, and they still. The, I, I've met one of the leaders of Res Band now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, 
So here's where we come. I to didn't. The, I just didn't realize I was sitting down with living history across yeah, the table. No. You can you can just call me the Forrest Gump of Christian music, man. <laughs> oh my um, god! <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, this is where the podcast takes a little different turn. Yeah, because there's a real time aspect to it. Yep. Yeah, and and you you've been keeping up on this, I know. Uh -huh. um, our fam bam has been lighting up with it a little bit. Um, Asbury University right now, uh, as we sit here, uh, it began on February 8th of 2023. Uh, the same kind of revival renewal, something's happening. I mean, here, here's the thing. Uh, the, the hashtag on uh, TikTok has been viewed by 3 million, uh, 33.5 million people or a million times. Um, the hashtag Asbury Revival. Yeah, Asbury. And that yeah. was as of uh, February 16th. It's two now, days ago. What? Yeah, two days ago. Yeah. And uh, uh, so the independent UK, the independent, which is not known for pushing Christian information. Right. right. So It's also so, not an American newspaper. No, it's yeah. UK. And it, it's... Uh, it's, so it's on one extreme, but I also saw an article on this and Fox News on the other extreme. So, I mean, you've got, it, it's it's crossing crazy borders here. Um, and Christianity Today had an, an interesting statement about it uh, in in their article, uh, it was which was written by one of the Asbury professors, um, whose name is Tom McCall. He said, rather than being persuaded by intense feelings of emotions, this revival is more peaceful and is marked by gentle worship, prayer, meditation, reflection on the Bible, and healing. There have also been remarkable numbers of uh, personal testimonies during this revival in which people have been sharing what God has done for them. So they have left the, left the same chapel, uh, Hughes Chapel. They've, the students have been there since uh, February, February 8th. 8th. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty, pretty wild. Um, so this McCall guy, he says, I teach... Uh, I teach theology across the street at Asbury Theological Seminary, and when I heard what was happening, I immediately decided to go to the chapel to see for myself. So he ran across the street, and when he arrived, he saw hundreds of students singing quietly. They were praising and praying earnestly for themselves and for their neighbors and the world, and expressing repentance and contrition for sin and interceding for healing, wholeness, and peace and justice. So, yeah, the, the I mean, what I you you hear. You, Everybody who's been there has like their story of how things are going and what's going on. But yeah. what I've been hearing is that there's a strong em emphasis on repentance. And I even heard that it kind of all started with a, a chapel service where the, the preacher preached about repentance or the speaker preached about repentance oh, yeah. and what does true repentance look like. Which, if we listen to somebody like Jonathan Edwards, who, uh, who I know you like, yes. he would say that repentance is a uh, mark of true revival. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I have done some study on revivals. I actually wrote a thesis on the Great Awakening. And what was interesting to me is that same Jonathan Edwards, he wrote like three or four books on the Great Awakening, and that's why we know so much about it. But he said that it actually started with the young people. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be uh, uh, one of the themes you see in genuine revivals. But what he said, what was interesting, is it crossed over even up to the elderly, the very young up to the elderly. And he said, here's the thing. It has been, uh, this is a quote from Edwards, it has been heretofore rarely heard of that any converted past middle age. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when you see that happen and you know you got a real one, and um, 
I'm excited to be able to go hear a guy by the name of Craig Keener, who is a professor at Asbury Seminary. He's coming to town here. Oh, cool. And been invited with some other pastors to hear his presentation. So I think we're going to go to that and hear what he has to say about this. But the other thing, another theme about true revivals, genuine revival, is that it's it's large scale. It spreads and it doesn't... it. There are there are these isolated pockets that you don't hear much about. That's what's interesting about this thing. This is all over the news, but they are the the large scales ones may not maybe a, a linkage of several isolated ones. Um, I'm going to recommend a book later called Firefall 2.0. <laughs> nice, and it's how God sh- uh, shaped. Sounds uh, like an internet browser. Yeah, yeah, yes, it does actually. That's Firefox, Ben, uh, but. Uh, how God has shaped history through revivals. And what's interesting is, is that there's more of that going on than we know all the time if you, you know, if you sort of pay attention to them. I mean, there's a diversity of such events. Some of them are large. Some of them are simple, smaller prayer movements. Like, I was thinking about this. Uh, they may be uh, more localized, uh, but I remember in the early 90s, there was this this big emphasis on prayer, and there was these giant prayer uh, concerts of prayer going on around the country. And I got uh, involved in uh, one that uh, was very small back in uh, Lake Geneva at a camp there that uh, I was a part of some seminars on prayer and evangelism, and we would start praying, and we wouldn't get done till 2 in the morning. We'd just stay in this upper room place. And, um, and then in our own denomination, that was part of what happened before our church got planted— uh, but there was this massive uh, outpouring of, of, you know, before that we would maybe plant two or three churches a year, but we that th- it just kept increasing till about ten years later we got up to fifty churches a year, and uh, there were uh, I, I remember in, early on in uh, in that process, uh, my friend who led our prayer and evangelism uh, seminars was a guy named uh, Lon Allison, and he. He couldn't make it out to one of these big concerts of prayer where all these leaders, like famous leaders at the time, which maybe aren't names that would be mentioned now. I think Dallas Willard was there, but it was here near uh, Jansen Beach. Cool. And um, the uh, so I'm sitting in worship there, and uh, there's this guy named Bill Bright who was like he was as famous as Billy Graham at that time because he started Campus Crusade, which is now Crew. And uh, it was responsible for thousands, millions and millions of people hearing the gospel. So I'm sitting there in the worship session before we went to our separate rooms for prayer time. And uh, we're singing, and, and um, I, I, I sit down, and there's this elderly man next to me. So I, I move the, the words over to him, and I look over at his badge, and I, st- <laughs> I st- see Bill Bright. <laughs> and then I realized my hand was starting to shake. <laughs> he, he said something like, it's good to meet you, son. We're all the same in this room <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> nice. Uh, so anyway, uh, it, it's, what I'm trying to say is it's not unprecedented. And maybe some of the reasons why we don't think God's doing that kind of thing or can do that kind of thing, uh, this, this outbreaking that's going on today in Asbury, regardless of where it goes and how it turns out, it should at least be a reminder to us that God's at work all the time, and maybe the reason we don't see it is because we're not looking. So, great, yeah. That uh, maybe be. Uh, I think that's a good good place to land it. Yeah, so we could go with some uh, books, books and stuff. stuff. Books and stuff. Okay, I got a bunch of stuff here, but I got some stuff. Okay, you go first. Great. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been following this 
thing since I think I heard about it maybe two days after it started. Well, and you're uh, involved so, in, in uh, college yeah. work right now. Yeah, and on social media and stuff, it's kind of been uh, from the very beginning. People have been talking mm. about it. So anyway, but you can. Uh, the way I've been tracking it is I've been looking at the Asbury Collegian, which is the newspaper mm. for Asbury. Mm-hmm. And you can just look up Asbury Collegian, the theasburycollegian.com, and you can see all these articles. And every couple of days, somebody writes an article. And the most recent one that I read was by a professor at Asbury. Um, I believe it's their, uh, the newspaper's faculty advisor. And, mm. it, and he, he writes, the title of this article is, Leave the Labels to History and Watch God Work. Cool. He's just talking about, he doesn't, it, to him, he's saying it doesn't really matter if this is, if you want to categorize this as a revival. Yeah, Nobody really point. even knows what that means. That's right. Uh, could look, but clearly there's a work of God happening on that mm-hmm. campus and it's it's worth um, celebrating and just watching what God has has in mind. Yeah, that's what I meant about the diversity of events, right? He can do whatever he wants. And he usually does something different and fresh that we're not looking for, so... Yeah, of things course, rarely happen be, the same way twice. He's not going to let us put it in a box. I yeah, don't think. I think that's why this one is so surprising because it's like mm-hmm. this is so similar to what happened there in the '70s, mm-hmm. and I think that people uh, it's unusual to see similar events happening in the same place. Mm-hmm. But it maybe sounds like this one is slightly different. It just makes me think uh, the moves of God, the personal, private, small group renewals that might occur mm-hmm. in any buddy's life like are, are worth stopping and taking note of even though they might not get uh, newspaper articles in the independent yeah it's worth watching and seeing what god is doing in our lives and and even just the people we know in our immediate circles yeah it seems like this one is more bent toward uh like he's uh turning people's hearts toward repentance and uh real healing for our world and our country and Things like wholeness and justice and those sorts of things are, are rising up more in this one. Yeah, and there's there's also a sense in which like um, what what attracts us to the Asbury revivals is their influence and their sort of viral nature, right? Mm-hmm. They go viral. Mm-hmm. That hashtag Asbury revival has yeah. has gone viral now, and it's on and TikTok it's by on, the way. But I'm going to tell you in a minute a way to see the, the footage <laughs> without signing up for TikTok. <laughs> and uh, and I think. Uh, it's interesting because we get excited about those things, but sometimes I wonder if we miss like the just the little, you know, the the twenty year old who turns back to Jesus, or the mm-hmm. uh, the addict who uh, begins a journey of recovery and, and gets well, and like just the, a biggest mir- a miracle. Right? Yeah, and I, I just this whole thing to me is a reminder of like see what God is doing, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of how big or viral or how small it might be. And that's what this article in the Collegian was a good reminder of. That's a good one. I'll have to look that one up. The asburycollegian.com, you can see all the different updates about the... Well, I was going to refer to people to the asbury.edu, their website, because you can go on there and watch video, uh, hear testimonies, read the testimonies that I read you, uh, just a couple of them, uh, from... The 1970, and then you can also see what they're reporting on, like the Collegian sounds like a, a, a good source there. You can find the Collegian on asbury.edu. Um, and then another thing, uh, if you're looking f- to kind of dig into things, um, well, like I said, uh, the, the independent article, the UK independent article is titled, Christian Universities Chapel Service Turns into Days-Long Quote-Unquote Revival After It Goes Viral on TikTok. So uh, you can go on there and you can actually see the footage, like I said, without actually going on TikTok. 
because they'll be watching you if you go on TikTok. Then. Right. Yeah. 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 No, we don't want to be promoting that, but we do want to be promoting Instagram at the moment. Right. With our at our, will be going now. That's right. Uh, but uh, just two more things. Uh, one is is this book I mentioned, Firefall 2.0. I got to come up with a title like that sometime. Uh, how I don't God, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that you need a title. Like uh, that. Let's see. Yeah, well, how good, long? It's kind of a dated article, sort of like Y two K. What is it? Um, I don't know when it was written, but it, it it's it's right, pretty up to date in terms of. Uh, and there's a lot of people who are writing um, reviews of it, and people that are pretty well known that you would know. Uh, but what it is, it tells how about revivals throughout history, how, how they've shaped history. Uh, how moments like this have shaped history. You call them revivals or not, or renewals. They kind of discuss some of that too. I think I haven't um, read it word for word, but I've I've looked scanned through it. The the authors are Malcolm McDowell and and Alvin Reed. Uh, I for sure thought you said Malcolm Gladwell. I was like, oh my. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Although I wouldn't put it past him, right? I mean, yeah, he, maybe he, he likes to dig into this stuff, but. Um, those are two professors from uh, Baptist, Southwestern Baptist uh, Theological Seminary. Um, and uh, the other thing I, I just say is, we've mentioned this before, there's a guy named James Edwin Orr. He died in 1987, but before he did, he became known as a scholar of revivals and renewals and a, a preacher about it. And he spoke a very famous talk at Lausanne, uh, Switzerland conference, the Billy Graham conference in uh, Lausanne. I think that was the late 70s. Where he pat, where he uh, pointed out the renewals or revivals uh, in the United States in America, from the Great Awakening right on up till now, and there were f there were five major ones at that point every fifty to sixty years or so, and and at that point you know it there the the line had been unbroken, and uh, whether you count this one or not for that. Um, the uh, it might be a part of something bigger God does I don't know but we've been long overdue for it or at least it seemed like we had but then I I, I thought to myself I got to go back and look and see if maybe uh, I've missed some things uh, that have been going on that maybe God counts it every bit as much but He just decided to do it different this time so yeah I think that's good to remember that it it's always it always looks a bit different than we expect yeah I often tell my students when they want to know about you know, next term or next year or my whole life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I usually say, well, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure you'll be surprised. Yeah. But, well, yeah, God is anything but boring. That's um, true. As Dorothy Sayers said, the doctrine is the drama. That's right. So, huh? That's right. Anyway, well, this has been a pretty full podcast and uh, hope it's uh, encouraged you. And I guess that's pretty much a wrap. I think we're wrapped. So thanks for listening and uh, hope to have you listen up next week too so we'll be going now